We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing tonight? Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk. We are up and rolling. Jesse Styers, Sean Styers. What's that on your hat? I can't see the logo very well. Oh, okay. I got you. Looks good. I think you texted me a picture of that once. Yeah, I like that. There's only 75 made, so... uh, Limited edition. And I have one of 75. I was the very first person to get it it when it came out. It came out... Couple of weeks ago, they did a limited release, and I was one of seventy-five. Very nice. Well, this is like uh, um, it's like Christmas Eve right now, especially for the uh, for the recruiting, you know, big time recruiting. Most of us, I think, our our viewers, listeners are are pretty heavily into recruiting. You know, that's part of you know being in IB Nation, but uh, you know. Will he? Won't he? Is he going to sign? Is he not going to sign? You know, Peyton or, or yeah, Peyton Bowen. And, you know, that's that's the big question. Everyone's still wondering right now. And we're not allowed to talk about the uh, the Champions Lounge, you know, Intel type stuff. But I guess it's going to be wait and see. You know, will Santa deliver the goods tomorrow for uh, for Notre Dame fans? We're all kind of sitting and wondering. That's yeah, why this, this show is kind of perfect. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this show is perfect. That's okay. Nice and lighthearted before, you know, we get hit with maybe some potentially big news tomorrow. We could talk about we're a diversion. Bets. Yeah, we're a diversion. We've talked, you know, it's been talked about, I'm sure, at nauseum. I'm sure everyone's a little nauseous anticipating for tomorrow. So I think this is a perfect show. Like you were saying, the eve of commitment day. Yeah. Signing day. Sorry. Brian and Ryan are, are going to be live most of the day tomorrow, and, that, and it won't be just them. They're going to have some guests, special guests popping in, you know, so you can, you know, jump to your own conclusions who those guests might be. Pop in and join them. And then, of course, Wednesday is the mailbag show on uh, on our show, and Vince and I will be here as usual. But Ryan Roberts, our recruiting guy, is going to join us for a little bit tomorrow night as well. So if you're not able to, you know, pop in and ask your questions during the live uh Palooza show <laughs> throughout the day here on uh, the Irish Breakdown YouTube channel, you can jump in. Brian Roberts will be able to answer some recruiting questions tomorrow night. And of course, we'll have regular, you know, whatever other questions that you have 
as well. I've got a women's basketball game at noon tomorrow. So I've got that first. And uh, right as the game is ending, Marcus Freeman's signing day press conference will be starting. So I don't think I'm going to be able to jump over in time after the basketball game to go see that. But uh, 2 o'clock press conference, Notre Dame, Western Michigan at noon. And then, like I said, Vince and I will be back here tomorrow night for the regular show. With that, hit the like button if you would. We do appreciate it. Irish Breakdown appreciate it, appreciates it. We're getting close to 13,000 subscribers to the YouTube channel with Irish Breakdown right now. I think before the season started, we were a little under 12,000. So we've grown by about 1,000 or so subscribers over the course of the football season as we cruise into recruiting day, signing day, coming up tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well. Um, apparently they discussed the Bowen Intel and prediction. So fair game at that point. All right. All right. Yeah. It is looking up. It sounds like, you know, I think it's gone from maybe 30, 70 or, you know, 40, 60 to at least 50, 50 right now, the way Brian's talking. So I will, uh, I will believe in his Intel and we'll see where we go with that. I don't know if I'm going to lay a wager on Peyton Bowen and whether or not he will sign with Notre Dame tomorrow. But uh, the topic today, would you bet on Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl? And I kind of got thinking about this and I saw Tommy's question and I'll get to it here in a second. We've got all kinds of lines that we're going to give you in this show. But there's a pretty, pretty big disparity between what Las Vegas thinks of Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl and what the media predictions for the game look like. The money line right now is Notre Dame minus 146, uh, South Carolina plus 122. So obviously you get good value on South Carolina at plus 122 odds, but you know it's money line, so it obviously depends on who you think is actually going to win. Notre Dame is a minus two and a half favorite right now, and uh, the points total, the over-under is 51 and a half points. And, you know, so despite Notre Dame being the favorite money line, you know, the, the, the spread and the whole thing, and I'll get to some, uh, some kind of, uh, so, some breakdown here, both ESPN.com and the sporting news are picking South Carolina to win this game. Why do you think, why do you think that is Jesse? Why do you think Notre Dame, or what do you think Vegas likes Notre Dame right now? But you know, the media pundits who follow college, follow college football, not necessarily on the Irish at this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. To me, it's one position and one name, and that's quarterback and Spencer Rattler. I think that they value Rattler's talent and his production the last four, five games of the year. Um, and he's starting to kind of play what everyone anticipated him to be towards the back half of this season. And Notre Dame obviously lost their full-time starter, you know, the guy that started 10 games for them throughout the season and have to go back to a guy who was previously hurt and hasn't made a start since the second game of the season. To me, that's got to be yeah. the biggest thing of why all of the, uh, I guess you could say, quote unquote, you know, pros or followers or, you know, sports sports media people are picking South Carolina, despite what the public betting line looks like. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at Spencer Rattler's season, his season, it was far from a Heisman type season. It was far from, I mean, it was a pretty average season. If you just look at the numbers, he passed for a little less than 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns. Drew Pine had more. 11 interceptions, Drew Pine had far less or far fewer, and he's been sacked 28 times, only 19 rushing yards. So, you know, he's not a, a mobile, he's not really a running threat. I think, I think obviously what pushes his stock up is the fact that he closed the season and South Carolina closed the season. He closed with his two best performances of the year in back-to-back -back games in wins over top 10 teams. Tennessee, over 400 yards, six touchdown passes. It's like, South Carolina couldn't stop scoring in that game. And uh, Clemson, three, against Clemson, 360 yards. He did have a couple of interceptions, but he threw two touchdowns as well. And then, as you said, you lose Drew Pine. So, theoretically, the more talented quarterback is back at quarterback for Notre Dame. But the guy who won eight games for the Fighting Irish picked up all eight wins for him during the regular season. He's just committed to Arizona State. So he's gone. Now you've got Tyler Buckner back and he hasn't even thrown for 400 yards, you know, in the two games that he had. And again, Spencer Rattler did that in one game, basically. So, you know, and he completed 56% of his passes, doesn't have any touchdown passes, 62 yards rushing. I completely agree with what you're saying. I think it all comes down, you know, like the, uh, the media evaluation is about the quarterback, but, um, at the same time, Vegas likes them. And Vegas takes this kind of stuff into consideration as well. Vegas takes into consideration that <laughs> you've got a quarterback that you have, you know, who's been hurt all year and and hasn't played 
since week two. So again, that's that's why I don't get it. And I'll go back here and I see Tommy Guns asking some questions about you know about what everything means. So we'll kind of we'll we'll, we'll lay it out and explain it here in a second. Do you have anything else to say on on any of that though? First, Jess. Yeah, it's just hard to like, like you said, Vegas is not in the business of losing money, right? It's like blackjack. You play the game because at the end of the day, the house is the favorite to win. So even when you're getting, you know, even when the house is losing, they're technically kind of winning. And so to see the fact that they still have Notre Dame favored, despite the media kind of, you know, having South Carolina as the favorite, um, then then I yeah, I do find it interesting that Vegas hasn't kind of shifted to more of like an even spread or, you know, like a, it just, it, to me, it just seems like something's a little off, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely surprising. This is interesting. C-Mac says he found it interesting that Mark Richt, of course, the former Georgia and Miami coach says he expects the Irish to play a ton of freshmen and first year sophomore players in the Gator Bowl. I don't know who exactly those guys would be, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like Tui Alamaka, I think he's going to get, some playing time, Jalen Sneed. Could he get some time? Yeah. I wonder, you know, like if he heard, you know, like Marcus Freeman's press conference where Marcus talked about, you know, hey, we've practiced a lot of these younger guys, these first couple practices of bowl prep. And he thought that that meant that they were going to play a bunch of young guys. I mean, those, those were opportunities for those guys to kind of show themselves, but you know, if, if the veterans who have played all season are available, they're going to play. They're not just going to pull a bunch of guys and throw in, you know, freshmen and sophomores out there and say, hey, go see what you can do. You know, see see if you can make an impression on us. That's what the practices were for. So, you know, like I said, maybe maybe Mark Rick kind of twisted around some things that he heard Mark Free Marcus Freeman say, but I don't know where else that would have come from. That's interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. The only thing I would say is I, I, I see a lot of potential on the defensive side. I don't think you're going to see much of anyone on the offense kind of get swapped out. Like I think since Tobias Merriweather um, is, is out of concussion protocol, we'll see his most usage compared to the rest of the season. And, you know, with Buckner being back. So I really, I just see, like you talked about, maybe a few linebackers and maybe, you know, a couple guys on the defensive line with Foskey being out just because, you know, the defensive line is like a hockey team. You have different kind of line rotations coming in and obviously with a couple anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to see naturally a lot of guys there. So I I would, if anything, I would see it on the defensive side. Um, And then of course, like I said, Tobias Merriweather, uh, just getting more playing time compared to usual from the beginning of the season. Now, I take for granted some of these sports wagering terms, you know, and like I said, Tommy Guns was asking, and don't feel bad, Tommy, because really until like, you know, the the apps and stuff, you know, became more available a couple of years ago, you know, I wasn't as up on everything either. He says, I don't understand this stuff other than minus two and a half being the favorite uh, spot and the over under on points. And then he said, what do the money lines? I'll take this one. Okay, go ahead. You explain the money line. Yeah, so money line just means so right now Notre Dame is a two and a half point favorite, meaning that if they won by one and a half, you know, one point, they would you would lose that bet if you bet on Notre Dame to be minus two and a half, right? But money line is just straight up win or loss. If you bet Notre Dame money line and they win, then you win no matter what. If you bet a South Carolina money line and they win, that's all that matters. You don't have to win by any sort of points, any sort of spread. Money line just means you're picking the winner or the loser. Straight up win or loss. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's what the money line is, is it's, you know, just 
Just what Jesse said. Money line means you're picking the winner of the game. You're not worrying about point spreads or any of that kind of stuff. And so Notre Dame has a minus 146, has minus 146 odds on the money line right now. South Carolina has plus 122. And just to explain the minus and the plus, if you are minus, it obviously means you're the favorite. If you are plus, you are the underdog. Or in this case, you know, which they are underdog and in this case what that means is you get better odds if you like if you have minus 146 odds compared to plus 122 odds you would get a bigger payout with the plus 122 odds than minus 146 but again you'd be betting on South Carolina to win with that plus 122 yeah so Notre Dame's money line at minus 146 all that means is you have to bet 146 dollars to win back to win a hundred dollars so if that line was at one minus right. 160, you would have to spend $160 to win $100. But on the plus side, if you're you know plus 130, let's say, if you bet $100, that means you win $130. So it's all centers around $100 being the baseline. It's just on the minus side. If you're minus 140, you have to bet 140 to win 100. And on the plus side, if you're plus 130, you get you win $100. Or sorry, you bet $100 and you win 130. Right. Exactly. Now, here are some, I guess, trends kind of like this is this is how things have shook out for Notre Dame in terms of Vegas this year. The Fighting Irish are five and one straight up in their last six games. So they did pretty well. Six and six against the spread overall this season. Five of the losses against the spread were when they were double digit favorites. I don't bet on Notre Dame when any double digits are brought out. Yes, that's that's exactly right. And I talked about it all season long. They were horrible when they were a double-digit favorite. I mean, they lost twice straight up as double-digit favorites against Marshall and Stanford. They actually covered the spread uh, against USC, but they were not a double-digit favorite in that game. Um, they're 4-0 and against the spread as a single-digit favorite this season. So that is notable here. 4 and 0 against the spread as a double or as a single digit favorite and they are a two and a half point favorite right now. So that trend favors Notre Dame in this game. And again, it's like when you look at the disparity between Vegas and <laughs> everyone else, it's like you you know, you start you start wondering who knows what. <laughs> but I think it comes down to what you said. I I I completely agree. I think it's all about the quarterback Jesse. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And that's, you know, Notre Dame, I, I, I feel the best about betting on Notre Dame when one, they are a slight underdog against a good opponent like Clemson. I loved that, that bet. I, you know, I took that all day. I only get into issues when like they're playing UNLV at home and they're 17 and a half point favorites or, you know, 20 point favorites. Notre Dame, I, I hate to break his people, but I can't remember the last time Notre Dame beat someone. Okay, you, you could probably bring up Boston College this year, but like on <laughs> average, Notre Dame doesn't beat people by a lot of points, and especially at home, it feels like so. That was their win as a as a double digit favorite was Boston College. Yeah, win against it, the spread. Yeah, that that has to be. And, and this isn't you know this isn't a, a one year trend. This is a very very noticeable trend. You know Notre Dame football over however many years is they unfortunately lose to some of some some you know not as good opponents a la Marshall and Stanford and even when they win at home they don't beat teams how they're supposed to beat them they always kind of come down 
to the end and they never really cover the spread. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, you know, what Tommy was asking then. So why would anyone bet that plus line? Well, if you're a South Carolina fan, you're you're probably throwing a lot of money on the plus right line. Right. Yeah. Now. If you Again, feel real matter. good about it, you're thinking yeah. that's that's easy money. They're giving us yeah. that that plus advantage, essentially. And you're going to win more money if that bet comes through. If you bet on the plus, you know, like when I bet over unders, for example. Now, most of the sports books cover their their odds. They don't give you great odds on either over or under, but you know, you typically get a little bit better. I was going to uh, say you know, over odds. under are usually like 50-50 odds. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you get a little bit better odds, but like the money lines are, are where you definitely get, you know, the better odds overall because there's always going to be a favorite. There's always going to be an underdog. And if you feel really good about the underdog, then you bet those plus odds and you're going to get, you know, paid out even bigger in that case. Now, the Gamecocks have covered four of their last five games as an underdog, which is interesting as well. But again, they've got straight up wins against both Clemson and Tennessee. So that, you know, kind of takes care of some of that. While the point total um, has hit the over for Notre Dame in their last six games, and it's hit the over for South Carolina's last nine games as well. And again, you look at the over under 51 and a half points on this. That, that to me, the over under point total for this entire game, 51 and a half, that seems like a slam dunk over for me. What do you think, Jess? Nothing's a slam dunk when it comes. You're not sold. You're not no. sold. Okay. Well, you're, I, I mean, nothing's a slam dunk when it comes to Vegas. That's, that's those true. Those numbers so, are always so like right on. And so, you know, is your only hesitation, it, is your only hesitation, the Buckner factor still? It is because I just don't know. I know defensively South Carolina is not great against the run. And so you would anticipate that Notre Dame could take a chunk out with the run, even if their pass game isn't doing what it needs to. But again, that I, I you know, you crunch the numbers and that, that a 28, 21 victory for Notre Dame wouldn't hit that when it hit that over, you'd, you'd have to get like 31, 21 area or like 31, 24. And I just, I don't know. I I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sold that, you know, someone brought up a good point. I think they'll come out and their usual kind of story. I think they'll look great in the first half. And then it'll just be a matter of if they can make those adjustments at, at halftime and carry the game towards the end and not like right. look like what happened against Oklahoma State last year in the bowl game. Here's here's the stuff. Here's the, the you know, like kind of some of the numbers I think that are are more pertinent to this game. When you sit and look at it, South Carolina allows 197 rushing yards per game. They also have allowed an average of 253 or 254.3 rushing yards on the ground over their last three games. Now, again, you have to remember they won two of those games, but they still gave, gave up huge chunks of uh, of yardage on the ground. They also allow five yards per carry, while Notre Dame runs for almost 183 yards a game and four and a half per carry. So that is the big one to me. So let's forget about explain, explaining lines and you know pluses and minuses <laughs> and money lines and spreads and everything else. Let's just get to the fun of this whole thing. I've, we've got some props that we're going to pick here. We're going to go through okay. some props. These aren't official props at Vegas. They don't have any individual props or anything right now. They just have your standard, you know, money line, you know, um, point spread and and game total right now. But here are some props that I came up with for this game. Over under 
220 rushing yards for the Irish in this game. I'm going to take the under on this one, surprisingly. I think that there's going to be a concerted effort for Buckner to throw the ball, and I think he will have some sort of success. But I think that ultimately they're going to try. I think they're going to, there's going to be more concerted effort to pass the ball and then kind of lean back on that run game as necessary. So I'm actually going to take the under on that one. Yeah, we've got a few people saying under, and I, I'm going to go under as well. I still think they'll be nudging somewhere around that 200-yard mark, you know, in that vicinity. But 220, maybe set that a little bit, you know, on the high end. But again, it's a South Carolina team that um, – you know, has given up a lot of rushing yards this season. And on the other side, they uh, they don't stop the run. Oh, <laughs> they don't stop the run. They don't run the ball well. And the fact that they don't run the ball well, they're actually going to be missing their top two leading rushers and top two tight ends, of course, in this game because they lost them to the transfer portal. What's really even more interesting is they've got a tight end who is their second leading rusher. So it, it kind of shows you how they run the ball. Prediction for who the starter uh, is going to be at, at quarterback. I think it's a slam dunk. It's Tyler Buckner. As long as he's healthy, he's going to start the bowl game. Yeah, I think that. I, think I guess Buckner I've said slam to... dunk too much. Maybe there's not slam dunks. But... <laughs> no, I, I think Buckner definitely gets to start. And then kind of going back to the 220 rushing yards, you know, Notre Dame averaged 180 per game throughout the entire season. I, you know, I know that that kind of picked up towards, you know, middle towards the back half of the season. And Notre Dame's going against a lesser South Carolina rush defense, but at just 220 yards on the ground is a lot. If Buckner wasn't hurt and he had the option to run, uh, and in the, I'm, I'm assuming they're not going to give him design plays. I'm hoping they're not going to give him design run plays. But if he was fully healthy, I would easily Ooh. take that over. Yeah, I think they'll try to avoid that kind of stuff as much as possible. That that'll be that will be interesting how they try to do that. I'm going to be really curious to see what Tommy Reese does when he comes out with this offense. You know, we saw, you know, practically air raid offense in the first half in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Like we are not Marshall says South Carolina will stack the box. They're going to stack that box. Huh? They're going to stack that box. Yes. Yeah. I would think Especially so well. with a quarterback that hasn't thrown live game passes and, you know, how many months. And this is, again, goes back to, I know this is going back into the archives and maybe digging up some stuff that people don't want to, Go over again, but in Notre Dame lost to USC largely because Lincoln Riley, you know, said that we are known for this passing attack and he came out and ran the ball very well against Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame has to be able to flip the script on South Carolina and say, you know, we know we're this running team and we're starting a quarterback who hasn't played in a while, but we're going to come out and attack you downfield over the top. And, you know, that can that should open up their run game for the second half. And that's really when you want a good run game is when you you know, you can run down the game, use your physicality to chew up clock, have long drives, and wear down the other team towards the end of the game. Yeah, so so if they do that, do that. <laughs> if they do that, what's your personnel look like? We've seen so many different personnel packages. We've talked about personnel. What, what do you think it looks like for Notre Dame? If they come out, South Carolina stacks the box and says, Tyler Buckner, beat us deep. I, I, I'm going to have Tobias Merriweather on the field for starters. Yeah, I think that'll probably ideal, have him. Go ahead. The ideal formation for me, I wish this question would be – I knew this was coming up because I would have thrown in a little a little whiteboard action here. And, and We can we can save this for Thursday if you want, if you <laughs> no, want to can, save some personnel. 
No, no, this is good. I we like can, this. We'll, we'll talk about it here. You can bring the whiteboard out and, <laughs> and show us up close and personal on Thursday. How about that? Yeah, I, I, I like. Um, again, this a lot of people are going to think, oh, he's you know, this he's just he loves this personnel. But I would love to go twenty-one personnel with Diggs and Tyree on the field to start. I'd love to have uh, Tobias and Lindsey on the outside and then one of your tight ends on the end of scrimmage. And just in case you are kind of running some of those RPO looks to your running backs. Uh, but the reason why I like 21 personnel at a shotgun, especially for someone like Buckner coming back, is I really think you could get into a lot of RPO looks uh, where you're faking to one back and then your other back is kind of peeling out of the backfield against a stack box one-on-one with the linebacker, and you can flip it out to him on some easy screens on some RPO looks. So I would go a lot of 21 personnel with Lindsey and Merriweather in the field at the same time to stretch it downfield. Well, and not only that, and I've got a specific question about Chris Tyree here in a second, Michael Mayer very rarely came off the field offensively this season. With no Michael Mayer and the fact that you basically have three tight ends now, you've got Stays, you've got Evans, and you've got Sherwood, you know, who's like a fullback playing some tight end type stuff. So you really only have two actual tight ends. Chris Tyree would, you know, take the place for me of Michael Mayer as like the Iron Man who's going to stay on the field almost all the time, you know, with, with very few exceptions. Obviously, if you decide you're going to, you know, go like 13 or the 12 package where you've got Jaden Thomas essentially in as a tight end blocking. But I would have Chris Tyree out there almost all the time, whether it's in the backfield, in the slot, you know, wherever. You can move him all over the place. And because of the speed that he has, the kind of mismatches that you can cause. And again, if they're going to stack the box and you can put Tyree out, you know, you're going to have a chance, you know, to to burn somebody, especially early on with a guy like him. Yeah, and I, I like that a lot, too, because with what you were talking about, you can start him out in the slot. You can start him out, you know, as a, as a running back. And either way, you can motion him out of the backfield into the backfield and create a two back look or a single back look all while giving Buckner a cue of what's going on coverage wise. Is it going to be man to man? Um, but I agree. I think Tyree's going to have to be that guy that's now all over the place and almost the security blanket for Buckner, if he's under pressure, under duress, check downs, quick throws, whatever it might be. And another person I really like who I forgot to mention was uh, Colsey because of his size. I think you need, you know, Lindsay and Merriweather, of course, have speed uh, and can get downfield. But Colsey provides that big frame type of guy who can go up um, and get a ball. And I'd really like to see, you know, after his catches that he had against USC, I'd like to see this bowl game as kind of like his Miles Boykin type game where he breaks out. Yeah of being that kind of strong wide receiver, that big target uh, that Buckner can can rely on going forward. Yep. So will Chris Tyree have more rushing or receiving yards in this game? He's going to have more receiving yards, I believe. I think the, the rushing is largely handled by, you know, Estime and Diggs right now. Not to say that Tyree's not going to get some of his carries, because I think he could be utilized on some jet sweeps or some, you know, kind of just those quick kind of hitting run plays on the perimeter. But when we're talking between the tackles, I just think Estime and Diggs are your two main guys. And I, again, I think when Buckner gets under stress or they start throwing some blitzes and loading up the box and getting to him quick, he's going to be that security blanket. Like often, you know, Michael Mayer was where you can flip it out to him kind of quickly for underneath throws. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I agree on the receiving as well. I, I think you've got Diggs and you've got Estime to do the bulk of your actual carries. And like you said, you can still involve Tyree in some other ways if you decide to in the rushing game. But again, you're, you're lacking your leading receiver for the season. We saw Chris Tyree in the in the game last year in the Fiesta Bowl, the kind of receiving skills that he has. We've seen him make catches this year. I just feel like he can be the all-purpose type threat that can – I mean, like, they could have done more with him this year, and I think it could have been a yeah. lot different-looking offense, but especially in a game like this where you can go off tendency – I think that he can potentially have a big game, and I, I like him as a receiver as well. Which of the three running backs do you think has the biggest rushing day? Uh, I like Estimate to have the biggest rushing day of the group. Again, I like I like Diggs, and I think that's who they're going to kind of start with. But as the game wears on and the team gets, you know, the other team gets more worn down, that's when Estimate comes in. He's fresher, he's got quickness, and he's just going to punish you uh, physically. So I just think by the end, I think Diggs will start out and get a, you know, kind of a sizable lead, but as the game wears on, I think that's when you'll start to see estimate kind of chip away at that and eventually kind of overthrow him towards the end of the game. Yeah. I think he could, you know, and you know, like, like where it really gets fun is if they are loading up and estimate just delivers a couple of body blows, <laughs> you know, and blows some guys up with the way he's able to run. I'll just say the guy calling the plays seems to favor number three though you know that that seems to be the guy that he leans towards so I'm gonna go with Diggs having the bigger rushing day you know like personally I I, I love feeding estimate but I think that it ends up probably being Diggs in this game over under one and a half receptions for Tobias Merriweather Oh, that's 100% over I would almost bump that up to two and a half uh, I think he gets three or more. <laughs> He has one for the season right now. So, <laughs> yeah, but this is going to be his largest workload. He's got fresh legs. He hasn't played in a while. Um, and and I, I like, again, I, I really think that they're going to come out with a game plan of getting the ball out downfield quickly. So, I, I think that Tobias has three catches, actually. You say he has three. I'm going to hesitantly go over. You know, again, with with a quarterback that he hasn't worked with this season, but like you said, you know, I, I don't know who this guy is. Slow, okay. I don't. I don't think we're talking about the same guy, but <laughs> um, you know, different quarterback. But he is rested. He hasn't played in what over a month now. At this point, it'll be a, like a month and a half, almost two months, I think, by the time he actually gets out there on the field in Jacksonville. I, I think that he. You know, I don't think he he necessarily breaks out in the way that Lorenzo Styles broke out in the Fiesta Bowl last year, but because of the fact that there's not a whole lot of film on this guy, and again, what we expect South Carolina is going to do to try to shut down Notre Dame's rushing game, I could see him getting involved pretty early and bust a couple of big plays. Okay, so Notre Dame is tied for number one in the nation with seven block kicks this season it's been a little bit since we saw them block their last kick but they're tied for number one with seven south carolina is tied for third with six blocks so over under one and a half block kicks in this gator bowl 
Um, I'm going to take the under on this one. I think that there might be one uh, between either team. And if I think if anyone's going to do it, uh, it's going to be Notre Dame. But I don't see Notre Dame giving up a block, and I don't see Notre Dame getting more than one block. So I'm actually going to take the under and say one block, and I'm actually leaning towards no blocks will happen. But if, if one does happen, it'll be Notre Dame's. What's interesting is Clemson is one of the better – kick block teams in the nation too and of course we saw Notre Dame come up you know with 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 the blocks against them you know against the Tigers in that game and you know I guess what I'd say is you know Shane Beamer is the son of course of Frank Beamer who really like he's the coach who said you know special teams matter you know he's the son of the special teams master basically. And, you know, so it's no surprise that South Carolina is one of the top kick block teams in the nation as well with, with a guy like that as your head coach. I think that both teams are so good that it it's like, not only are they good at blocking them, they're good at, you know, making sure their protections are right so that they don't give up any. So I'm going to go under as well. I don't think we, we will see any. I think it's going to be too hard because you've got two special teams coaches who are both just so good at what they do. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that they'll, they'll likely get the look that they probably need to get in order to get the bucks in this game. Well, Tyler Buckner have more total yards rushing and passing combined than Spencer Rattler has passing yards in this game. Hmm, I'm going to say no, because I don't think Buckner is going to one run much. Um, and if he does, I think it just might be a couple, you know, here and there, maybe picking up a first down, busted coverage. And he, he's not going to take any hits uh, while running the ball, I, I guess is what I'm going to say. So he's either sliding or getting out of bounds. Um, and I don't see – Notre Dame's attack is very well balanced where I don't think they're going to be more lopsided towards the passing game. I think the running game and the passing game are going to be kind of very equal numbers by the end of the day. Um, and I think Rattler and South Carolina's main – you know, avenue for gaining yards offensively is passing. So I think that he will have Rattler will have more passing yards and Buckner will have combined passing and rushing. Yeah, I think so as well, because again, you like, you don't want to get Buckner out and just having him run crazy after he missed what was like 15 weeks at this point, what like 16, almost 17 by the time the game rolls around next week. So, you know, I, I, I think you want him running as little as possible. He's, Probably going to have to, you know, do some scrambling or something at some point. I would not expect a lot of design runs. I think he has, you know, maybe what one between like one fifty and one eighty, you know, kind of in that range for a passing total. And they they they're going to want to lean on that rushing game, but it's going to be a matter of how can they spring a couple of passes. I think, and you know, again, catch South Carolina off tendency, catch them off guard. You know, is going to be the key. So I think Rattler has more passing yards. Then Buckner has combined yards. Michael Mayer averaged five catches for 67.4 yards a game this season. My question to you, will Mitchell Evans and Holden Stays combine to have at least that production against the Gamecocks in the Gator Bowl? I don't think it's anywhere close. I think the two tight ends might combine for two, two catches for like 25 yards, uh, but I just don't see them being – kind of the guys who are going to put up production receiving wise uh, for the Notre Dame offense. I think that Buckner has a better dynamic with some of these guys like Lindsay 
Uh, Merriweather, Colsey. I just I think if they're going to pass the ball, that the tight ends aren't going to be a part of that game plan, especially if you're trying to really get the ball kind of stretched downfield. Uh, Mayer was good because he was a good guy that you could run up the seam or maybe a deep kind of post out. And his frame naturally and, you know, his catch radius um, allowed him to do those things. And that's nothing against the other two guys. I just don't think they're as dynamic as pass catchers as someone like Mayer, especially when you're trying to get the ball downfield and out of the out of a congested box. The last time Michael Mayer did not play in a game for Notre Dame, October 9th, 2021. That was the game. They went to Virginia Tech, and Jack Cohn was replaced by Tyler Buckner, Tyler Buckner's most extensive action to that point. The only catch by a tight end that day, George Takis. One reception for 15 yards. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, Mitchell Evans might not get a couple. Holden Stays might not get one or two, but I don't think, I don't think they combine for that. You know, again, I would, I would think that the tight ends are going to be more blockers in this game. Now, again, you talk about going off tendency. These guys, Mitchell Evans does not have a reception this year. You know, like there's probably going to be some opportunities. Maybe these guys get open, especially early in the game. And then it's a matter of if, you know, if Buckner sees them and hits them or, you know, if there's somebody open deeper downfield and that kind of stuff. But again, I don't know that it'll happen, but my personal preference is you see, you know, a constant dose of Chris Tyree and another back mixed in there on the field and the tight ends are, are still, you know, these guys in particular are still going to be more in the blocking hole. So I agree with you. I'm going to go under on this. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.